1: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, k 5 ux Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 338 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And tonight we have the usual cast of characters in the usual peanut gallery with us. I am Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All
2: right, who is now no longer on a delay. So since you're no longer (laughs) delayed and actually uh, sounding pretty good on your end, Bill has uh, kindly put in for us a few of the topics for tonight, uh, if not all of them. No, I did throw in a few. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but uh, he definitely uh, hit up the lead topic, so we'll let him handle it. And we are we are like really SDR heavy these days, but yeah. you know it's it's
3: all the rage. So yeah, it definitely seems to be. Yeah, this article is from the the Libris, Actually, this was Hackaday, so might as well start with that. And the title is the Libra Space Foundation reviews software defined radios. If you want to go to the next level with software defined radio, SDR. Uh, There are a lot of choices. The RTL, SDR SDR dongles are fine, but if you get serious, you probably want something else. How do you choose? Well, your friends at the Libra Space Foundation have published a paper comparing many of the common options. True, they are mostly looking at how the receivers work with CubeSats, but it's still good comparison. The devices they examine are the RTL SDR version 3, the Airspy Mini, the SDR Play RSP Duo, the Lime SDR Mini, the Blade RF 2.0 Micro, the EDIS USRP B210, and the Pluto SDR. They looked at several of the bands of interest, but not the HF bands. Some of these devices can't operate HF. They did examine VHF, UHF, L-band, S-band, C-band performance. Some of the SDRs have transmit capabilities, and for those devices, they tested the transmit functions as well as receive. The review isn't just as They calculate noise figures and dynamic range along with other technical parameters. They also include GNU radio flow graphs for their test setups, which would be a great place to start if you wanted to do these kinds of measurements yourself or possibly build your own radio (laughs) with G uh, and U radio. Uh, Towards the end of the 134-page report is an assessment of the SDR software and how the boards are supported. We'll let you read the paper's conclusions, but there was no clear winner or loser, although they did mention how SDR plays closed-source limited software support in some applications, and that's not a complete sentence either. But uh, yes, yes, the closed source stuff sucks. No, just <laughs> <There> <laughs>
0: closed source isn't always
2: bad necessarily. <laughs> I mean, as far as functionality, it's always bad from a from a white box perspective. But it's not necessarily means that software is terrible,
3: right? And with so many uh, sources out there that will work on. Uh, all the hardware platforms <laughs> or all the software platforms. Yeah, it's probably best to uh, stay with the ones that are uh, cross platform supported. So, in case you want to plug it into your Raspberry Pi or your PC running Windows or your PC or Mac running Mac OS, you know, use something that's uh, cross platform.
2: Yep, absolutely. Cross platform, open source, all the good stuff. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we have unbelievably 338 episodes of this thing we call a program. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But anyway, moving on, we will jump into some amateur radio topics. And the first one is new volunteer monitor program is up and running. After kicking off on January 1st, the new volunteer monitor program has ramped up to operational status. A soft rollout of the program began on February 1st designed to familiarize volunteer monitors or VMs. Wow, let's overload some acronyms. Why don't we? Uh, with issues on the bands and to put into practice what to report and what to ignore based on their training the vms will not only be looking for operating discrepancies but also for examples of good operating the vm program has at least for the moment put riley hollingsworth k4zdh back in the center of amateur radio enforcement as the volunteer monitor coordinator or vmc was brought aboard to get the program up and running and the AWRL will eventually take over the VMC function. Hollingsworth is using a system called VM Track, developed by a VM, to measure the work of VMs. VM, 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 VM.
1: <laughs> follow <laughs> the road VM
2: <laughs> and determine instances that qualify for good operator or discrepancy notices, referral to the FCC or follow up with FCC requests to the VM program. Hollingsworth reported that during March, the 165 active VMs log upwards of 2,300 hours of monitoring on HF and nearly 2,000 hours on VHF and UHF and other frequencies. And this did, in fact, come from the ARRL. So so they're actually getting out and policing the
3: airwaves? Yeah. They were uh, saying in this article later on that uh, they've had like 30 reports. Or cases, I don't know exactly what they're calling them. Uh, Five of those are uh, for bad people. No, (laughs) I think the five were uh, good operator awards. Uh, So the 25 were, uh, you know, observations. And I think they had one that they were actually considering uh, sending up the pipe.
2: Sending up the pipe? Is that like sending up the
3: river? yeah 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 <laughs> basically uh being groomed for f c c referrals what they uh what he specifically says in that, so yeah one one case is being groomed for probably some kind of litigation.
2: what was it the thing I learned when I was watching Penn and teller's bullshit the other day? It was the difference between an initialism and an acronym, and they got really testy about it too, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I now know the difference, and I'll never forget it, so bill, tell us about the i a
3: r u yeah this is all about birthday time so yeah saturday the iaru turns 95 saturday april 18th on 2020 is the world amateur radio day this year marking the 95th anniversary of the international amateur radio union around the world amateur radio special event stations will mark the event on the air starting on the 18th at zero utc and continuing until the 19th at uh, 2359 Oh, wait, is that right? Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought I skipped a line. Uh, the theme this year is celebrating amateur radio's uh, contribution to society. The COVID-19 pandemic casts the event in a different light than years past. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, You you copied the story, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was about uh, all that was good out of it. So, <laughs> And this is uh, from the RSGB, of course, uh, you know, their birthday time.
2: Yeah. Moving on, we have the WIA celebrates World Amateur Radio Day and the 110-year anniversary of that organization from Saturday, April 18, 2020. And for a period of six months, the Wireless Institute of Australia will be activating a special on-air event to celebrate World Amateur Radio Day. Six months to celebrate one day. absolutely uh and the wia is 110 year anniversary wia official stations will operate across australia from 1201 a.m est what no zulu times (laughs) on On april 18th oh 1401 zulu 17th uh the wia official station call signs are vk1 wia vk2 wia all the way through Well, they don't have VK9WIA. Is that is that like not an Australian call sign? Is VK9 something else? Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, and also VI110WIA, VI110WIA, which would be a nightmare on FT8. uh but there you go. Um, and we're gonna have more stuff about World Amateur Radio Day coming up, uh, both in this episode and the next one. So. It's coming up, so be prepared. Uh, and that came from shocker of shockers,
3: the WIA. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I right tried from to the get horse's Some new mouth, sources,
3: so. you know. Try to yeah. get some varied sources, and of course, both the RSGB and WIA were just taunting themselves instead of providing any news.
2: <laughs> All right. So moving on, we're going to jump into some open source topics for tonight, and we're going to hear Bill say "cute" or "qt" at least three different ways through this entire article.
3: Cute. That's so cute. <laughs>
2: I, I yeah, guarantee the, you'll say QT at least once.
3: <laughs> I, I, it's a bad habit. I've done it for years. Yeah, the cute. Uh, oh, there it went. Now, the cute company uh, provides a brief comment on open source. Yesterday, a KDE developer who serves on the board of the KDE Free QT. Uh, see, I did it. You found it. Yeah, I told you.
2: It only took you one time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> commented <laughs> that the Qt company is evaluating restricting the new release to paying customers for 12 months. That being said, to be un- under consideration due to COVID-19 impacting their finances and needing to boost their short-term revenues. The Qt com- uh, again. Cute company has now come out with an incredibly a brief statement on the matter. Obviously, many are concerned that the Qt company will be uh, erecting a wall around the new Qt releases with this possible year <laughs> delay before going out cleanly as open source. This comes months after the Qt Company already shifted to make Qt LTS releases customer-only, among other steps to boost their commercial business at the beginning of the year. Following all the speculation and concerns from the statement by KDE's Olaf Schmidt Wischoffer, (laughs) the Qt Company released this very brief statement, quote, There have been discussions on the various internet forums about the future of Qt open source in the last two days. The contents do not reflect the views or plans of the cute company. The cute company is proud to be committed to its customers' open source and the cute governance model end quote and that was from ferronics okay, and yeah, so like the beginning of that kind of explains what everybody's been talking about in the last few days. <laughs> Here's the possibility of basically uh you know cutting out um the availability of new releases. Uh, to, uh, you know, places like, I don't know, KDE <laughs> and other people that use it in open-source manner.
2: This is pr- particularly onerous for KDE because their entire platform is based on Qt. So.
3: Yeah, and I just heard that the latest release of Lubuntu um, is going to be LXQt. So there you go. It affects them, too.
2: Big doings with Qt. There is another company that delays open-source releases for their own commercial gain. Do we know what company that is? Anyone want to take a poke at it? They, they leverage Linux very, 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 very heavily.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, Google and their Android platform. Oh,
3: yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> so, some of us are running lineage OS. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, well, some of us aren't.
3: <laughs> some of us are running on, uh, on iOS. Oh, there you go. That's even worse. How's that open source working for you? Hey, it's not
2: my fault that BSD licensed MIT. So um, where are we at here? Oh, we're on to Windows 10 is getting Linux file integration in File Explorer. Ooh, because Microsoft is contributing very heavily to Linux these days. Uh, Microsoft previously revealed its plans to ship a full Linux kernel in Windows 10, and now the company is planning to fully integrate Linux file access into the built-in File Explorer. A new Linux icon will be available in the left-hand navigation pane in File Explorer, providing access to the root file system for any distros that are installed in Windows 10. The icon that will appear in File Explorer is the famous Tux, the penguin mascot for the Linux kernel. Microsoft is testing the Linux File Explorer integration in a new build of Windows 10 that's available for testers today. Previously, Windows 10 users would have to manually navigate to a UNC path to get access to Linux files from the Windows subsystem for Linux or WSL pretty soon. Windows will be Linux and then we'll have one. It will be the year of Linux on the desktop. So
3: yes, on <laughs>
2: <laughs> Linux on the desktop on windows. Exactly. Uh, yeah, mean, this the should, verge. So
3: yeah, this should definitely help people that are using that windows subsystem for Linux inside of windows. It is somewhat, uh, uh, clunky. Clunky to get back and forth between the systems, like when you want to use your editor in one system and then just kind of navigate around the other. Uh, You know, I don't know. It's, it's pretty easy to set up. I just set, you know, uh, symbolic links (laughs) and I can get to where I want to go and it's not that big a deal. Um, but yeah, this, this should make it extremely easy for people to navigate to those files that aren't necessarily familiar maybe with the linux and like this is their first taste into using linux uh, which is on their windows box so this is possibly good well
2: any kind of advancement that brings linux and windows closer to each other i guess is good because it'll just it'll just eventually all be linux
3: yes (laughs) right (laughs) go ahead and hit the next one then i guess Okay, sure, no problem. So this is a flash topic, and this is top players in the open source hardware, whatever that is. The global open source hardware market analysis 2019 with forecast period uh, 2020 to 2027 provides an in-depth analysis of market growth factors, future assessment, country-level analysis, open source hardware industry distribution, and competitive landscape analysis of major industry players. The report comprises strategically vital information such as compounded annual growth rate, working capital, enterprise value, and the book value of major companies operating in the market. The top key players, which I'm assuming comes from this report, is OpenCores, RepRap 3D Printing, Arduino, Adafruit, and SparkFun. And the source for this is Jewish Life News. That's a new source.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like we're going pretty far <laughs> afield, yeah? I
3: didn't even know there
2: was such a thing called Jewish Life News, and I had no idea they had interest in open-source hardware, but there you go. I just thought I, I threw this in as a flash topic merely because the top five listed there um, mentioned Arduino, Adafruit, and SparkFun, which is kind of cool because if you're you know dealing with Raspberry Pis or Arduinos or any kind of open hardware project um those three places or those three sites or those three vendors are most likely on your radar
3: uh this is one of these junk reports anyways oh my god <laughs> that's why it's a flash topic we're moving yeah, on yeah, okay we won't <laughs> mention the fact it's one of these paywalls uh, reports <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
2: like it's so like 130 something page pdf or something
3: Yeah, we just got that for free off a -a Hackaday. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Anyway, moving on, uh, because COVID-19 is affecting everyone, there have been lots of topics, at least when I did a news search for this particular uh, information. There's uh, several news stories that reference sort of uh, Hackaday. I don't want to say Hackaday because that's like a thing. But um, Maker Let's say, like, maker market uh, version ventilators that are based on Arduino. Uh, but apparently, there's one being developed in South America that's based on the Raspberry Pi. A team of engineers in Colombia will test a ventilator made using a Raspberry Pi computer and common parts, reports the BBC. The new ventilator's design and computer code were posted online in March by a man with no previous experience in developing medical equipment. A robotics engineer, Marco Mascoro, Said he designed and built the ventilator because he understood the high demand for machines amid the COVID 19 outbreak. In a tweet, Mascoro noted that he was, quote, glad to see Elon Musk and Tesla working on ventilators as well and encouraged them to use his design if it helped. However, Mascoro's post triggered an avalanche of feedback from healthcare workers, which the man has used to add improvements to his machine. Mascoro's design uses common and accessible parts for example it uses valves anyone can find in a neighborhood plumbing supply store the machine itself is due for a fast track round of tests two bogota institutions so that's pretty cool so people are building open source ventilators i don't know how you know soon these will show up in hospitals allowing people to you know breathe using these devices but it's uh, kind of a cool way to use some of this technology in the open hardware. And that came from a site called Interesting Engineering. Very so, interesting.
3: <laughs> I thought it was interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, their site is appropriately named, if nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. <laughs> All right. So down to segment four, which we call Linux in the Shack. And uh, we do have a couple of stories here that involve Linux in the Shack. and Bill gave us this one. And we uh, we referenced in the last episode or a couple episodes about Morse code and getting out there and maybe learning a new language or, or just trying Morse code or maybe even um, augmenting your skills in this area. But we have a new thing you can do with Morse code.
3: Yeah, and this kind of touches on uh, topics that we've talked about in the past that we've always, well, you've always scratched your head over like why is he including machine learning in this stuff <laughs> So here you go this is a a new a real-time deep learning Morse decoder This experiment uh, demonstrates that it is possible to build a working real-time Morse decoder based upon a deep learning TensorFlow model using slow interpreted language or using a slow interpreted language like Python Well, that's kind of rude. They call it slow.
2: (laughs) Interpreted languages are inherently slow as well as compiled ones. Relatively. Relatively, yes. I mean, we're still talking (laughs) millisecond operations, but. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Split in milliseconds. Anyway, (laughs) uh, the approach taken here is quite simplistic and lacks some key functionality, such as alignment of decoded text to audio timeline. But it, it also shows, uh, I inserted the but, sorry. It also shows that there are still more work to do in order to build fully functioning open source and high performance Morse decoder. A better event driven software architecture, a better, uh, sorry, uh, <sighs> I lost myself. <laughs> a better event dri- driven software architecture would allow f- building a proper user interface with some controls like audio filtering. Such an architecture would enable also building server-side decoders running based on audio feeds from web SDR receivers, etc. Finally, the TensorFlow model in this experiment has a very small training set, only 27.8 hours of audio. If you compare it to commercial ASR, or automatic speech recognition engines, they have been trained using over a thousand times more uh, labeled audio training material. To get better performance from deep learning models, you need to have a lot of high quality labeled training material that matches with the typical sound environment that the model will be used on. And I'm assuming like a noisy environment, <laughs> especially if we're going to pull it off of that. And this came from uh, a personal blog of Mori, uh, A-G-1-L-E. And I, I think I saw this mentioned a few places, but this is uh, he has uh, everything on GitHub as well, so you can check that out.
2: All right. Very cool. We we like open projects and this sounds kind of interesting. It combines two rather interesting things, AI and Morse code, which up until now, I'm not sure I've heard those two things put together, but there you go. It's
3: just a matter of time. <laughs> was, yeah, that's true.
2: Pretty much uh, something else will be doing the thinking for all of us. <laughs> so this next one, I guess uh, I didn't realize it when I put it in here, but it's sort of a controversial topic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But we're going to talk about it anyway. And that's an operating system, because we do mention operating systems, even though we have built one of our own. This is another one. But this one, like a project we mentioned in the past called SkyWave Linux, is supposed to be geared towards SDR use. And we have been talking a lot about software-defined radio. But this is a distribution called Dragon OS. And it says in the title here that it's a Debian derivative for SDR use. Just a few decades ago, getting into hobby radio meant lots of specialty hardware. Since software-defined radio came onto the scene in an accessible way for most of us, this barrier to entry was reduced significantly and made the process of getting on the air a lot easier. It goes without saying that it does require some software, and Dragon OS has an entire suite of SDR programs needed to get up and running. Out of the box, it supports RTL-SDR, HackRF, and Lime SDR, and even includes other fun tools you need like Kismet. There are several video demonstrations of Dragon OS on YouTube, including using RTL-SDR for ADS-B reception. Another shows how to set up the distribution in a virtual machine so you can run it even if you don't have a computer to dedicate to SDR. Dragon OS 10 an out-of-the-box Debian Buster, but soon-to-be Ubuntu 18.04-based operating system for anyone interested in software-defined radios, has all-source software installed, in the user/slash source directory, while remaining software is installed by package managers. And a brief summary of the software that's included includes uh, big packages that you've probably heard of, like uh, Aircrack NG, GQRX, Calibrate HackRF, Wireshare, GRGSM, RTLSDR, HackRF, MC Catcher, ZenMap, InSpectrum. QS Spectrum Analyzer, LTE Cell Scanner, Cubic SDR, Lime Suite, Shiny SDR, SDR Angel, SDR Trunk, and Kismet. So lots of stuff included by default, either built by the source or from software packages. And uh, a link to the story from Hackaday is also there. A link to the YouTube channel that has information from the author of the distribution is also included. And the place where you can download it from SourceForge is in the show notes. So if you want to try Dragon OS, it's another option out there for you. Bill Bill told me that in the comments, it was like <laughs> controversial.
3: Uh, it's like it's like mixed comments like anything. <laughs> um you know it it basically gives you the same thing you would have, at least from what I can tell from the package layout, if you were to install the uh the pure blend package of ham radio dash SDR into your uh you know ubuntu or any debian system so you know weigh that with what you want so
2: that's right take everything we say with a grain of salt
3: or or, or something tequila yeah. something like that i don't know
2: well What's a there? grain of tequila okay sure why not yeah exactly <laughs> okay oh that's fine as long as you're getting liquored up who cares uh but that actually brings us down to the end of our stories for our short know. topic episode number 338 i know it's like i, I can't believe it's almost over and bill's audio has been such crap um
3: uh, oh, the whole time
0: yeah it's <laughs> mo- not most of it great
2: yeah, yeah. So. No, we'll, we'll great. work on that between now and uh thursday when we do the next one yeah but in the meantime we do have as we always do on the short topic episodes the social media roundup so we'll go ahead and uh, hopefully cheryl will be able to get through this um
0: yeah without dying
2: yeah without uh, croaking right but anyway so social media roundup. Right let's go all
0: right so first on the list are the patreons which are richard gordon andy webster cubicle nate darren king david jakeway Donald gover douglas redder erno costales herb garcia john spriggs peter caffrey paul griffith randolph smith robert pitt samuel Vimes, steve metcalf steve saner Stephen harp and william Heckelman. For our subscriptions, we have Robert Black, Randolph Smith, Robert Halliday, James Lewis, Fred Cole, Michael Burdack, Alan Wilson, Ronald Ikey, Michael Connolly, Steve Biella, Jim McKenzie, Dylan Engel, Johnny Kenzie, Robert Yerke, Bill Pioter, Darren King, Thor Wiegman, Todd Bowers, Kevin Ivey, John Clark, Bill Collins, Jeff Zimmerman, Tony Coberly, Roger Pereira, Jeffrey Boris, Michael Carey, Steve Hepler, and Michael Jopling. Facebook, we had Alex Archer, Brian Sears, Stuart Ian Brownstein, and Jared Hallmark join us. On Twitter, we had at Tom Zors, at Jester00, at underscore Zios, at W6UGA, and at Benjamin07818325. On YouTube, we had Gustavo Pacheco, at Sigour Oscarson. And I am I'm names. Sorry, everybody. Steve O'Shaughnessy, Mike Petticord, Martin Mormon, Bill Cohen, Terry Johnson, and Phoebe Jacob. No mailing list people and no merchandise sale people.
2: Buy some merch. We got stuff to get rid of. It's, it's, It's mostly drinkware. But we also have stickers and pens. And actually, I don't even know if the pens and the pocket buddies and all that stuff are on the website. I might have to add those.
0: I don't know. I think they are.
2: If nothing else, just buy some drinkware and we'll throw some other crap in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> since we didn't go to Yohan know, Vention this year, or we're not going, we have stuff we need to get rid of. Please buy stuff. And then go in next year's Ham Fund.
2: Okay. Are we not reading Jonas Rulo's name? He's not on the list, but I'm not sure why. He's in the chat room saying, I'm donating on Patreon.
0: <laughs> there's no money. <laughs> <It's> like, <what? laughs>
2: Well, we're talking about you now, Jonas. So yeah. obviously, obviously, there's an oversight somewhere, and it will be corrected. So uh, also included in our subscribers, Jonas Rulo. Jonas
0: Rulo, <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm going to add him to the list right now.
2: Okay, so. add him to the list. He, the right.
0: thing is, he was on the list recently
2: yeah i thought so too so i'm not sure why it's on the list now but anyway problem has been corrected oh i wanted to mention the folks who are with us in the chat tonight and we have a pretty good crowd we have uh (laughs) let's start right at the top with jonas (laughs) rulo
0: and he has now been mentioned
2: (laughs) (laughs) many many times i don't know if we can mention him a few more times before the end but you know yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh we also had Don, K C nine Z M Y, Dan KF5 T Q N, Jim V E five E V, Don, K B T Y S I, Tony K M four H S D, Tom N four Hi Ed, W A Zero E I R, and Steve K seven H V T. So
0: and jonas again
2: and jonas that's right jonas (laughs) twice
0: every every time you do that high thing the dog looks at you like you've lost your mind
2: (laughs) i'm sure everybody's looking at me like I lost my mind yeah okay but that's a james brown lyric
0: (laughs) so weirdly enough
2: (laughs) no you're eddie murphy people we have finally made it to the end of the show staggering as that may be
0: yeah and we did it in less than three hours this time (laughs) yeah i don't know
2: if it weren't for bill we'd have been done 20 minutes ago yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right anyway thanks everybody for listening uh we've had a good time we hope you have too and if nothing else we hope you learned a little something or just enjoyed 30 minutes of your day and we'll be back in a few days with the Weekender, so please tune in for that it'll be a good one we've got lots of stuff coming up and uh We're gonna be mentioning some uh, open source events that because of COVID-19 have gone virtual and will allow you to join for free. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap it up. This has been episode number 338 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm
3: Bill NE4RD73.
1: Patreon.com stroke LHF Podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch by social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is Hash LHF Podcast on the freeload Network and the Discord invite link is urlbctsinfo Discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW That's 1-909-547-7469 Visit the online LHS Merchandise Store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux conventional or